Hello and welcome to Springboard at Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and a point of convergence for the greatest minds. Your Virtual University is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation in partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank with support from the graphic business. So we've been traveling this journey in the engine room with frontliners from various fields trying to unravel what goes on behind the scenes and what you will not find in any publication or interview. Just getting them to open up about that part of their lives you don't find anywhere. You've had some very amazing interviews so far and find them on my YouTube page, Albert Okran. Today with me in the engine room is a dreamer and a doer. Gwyneth Jimaado left her job in a high-profile bank to start her center in the trunk, or what they call the boot of her car, in 2009. Eleven years later, after several awards and accomplishments, she is now running what is the market leader in the hair extensions uh, business, and a brand that is relevant across the continent. Gwen, good to see you. Thank you so much, Albert. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a long time coming, this conversation. <laughs> Can you imagine? But thanks for making time to be here. Thank you. So we try to unravel, unpack, understand what you do and what goes on behind the scenes. And for many people, Hair Center will be probably the big billboard that they see <laughs> uh, on the Spring Tax Road, here, the magazines, the big shows at the International Conference Center, etc., etc. Yeah. But for me, I go way back several years. You come from a very entrepreneurial family. And from the, for the benefit of those who may not know, the daughter of the entrepreneurial legend, Alan Jiba, <laughs> were the seeds of entrepreneurship sown in your childhood. Yes. Absolutely. You know, um, what can I say? Uh, my dad was somebody that earlier on, he's always inspired us. He's always pushed us to believe in ourselves. So I remember when I started work at the bank, everybody was kind of surprised because here was a girl who was, I started trading when I was very young, maybe about 10 years old or younger. Trading? Yeah, trading. So, you know, so, so I would put powder milk you know, in these little... Um, no, it's not, it's not powder, milk, milk powder. Milk powder. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it sound bougie. So I, I'll have these, you know, in these little bags of bread. You know, those yes. um, rubbers where the breads are, you right. know, inserted. So I would have them, tie them up, and then take them to school and sell. You know, and any time my dad brought some brownie wood that I thought was interesting and didn't fit me, i take it to the school to sell. So earlier on, I was somebody that was always passionate about trading. So at the bank, I knew... Even though I could do what I was doing well, I knew there was a greater calling. Just looking at you, were you into frontline banking, sales, customer service, frontline roles? Was that okay. what you were doing? No. I was at back office. I was in corporate banking. I was a credit analyst. So analyzing, you know, companies to see if you're credit worthy. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised because yeah. I, I would have thought that for somebody as outgoing and as, as 
be vicious as you, they yeah. will put you in the, the front line rules where you meet with customers. <laughs> do you... No, I was in corporate, but that was the heart of the bank, you I know, know, so I was very happy there. Did you love it? I loved it, absolutely. I learned so much. I mean, Albert, I'll tell you that one of the reasons why the hair center is the way it is, is because I've leveraged a lot on my experience from the bank. Okay, customer service is the way that it is because we had a lot of training when it comes to corporate banking. You know, we had a lot of training and that helped me. Would you be one of those who advocates that if you really want to grow a, a big brand in your small business, one of the benefits would be to first work in a corporate environment and understand how they work? Would you say that that was, that, that was a good foundation for anyone seeking to build a, a, a big brand? Okay, it's, it, it's, it's a great foundation, no doubt about that. But I don't want, uh, it's not cast in sand and stone, okay, because uh, works are different. What we get exposed to shapes what we become. There are people that have built successful businesses who didn't work in corporate organizations, but they are doing very well. So basically, it depends on the individual, your mindset, your disposition, your purpose. What do you want for yourself? And who are the people that inspire you and equip you with the skills needed to succeed? Some argue that the, the kind of skills you need to start a business are not the same as the ones you need to grow it. And so very often, the entrepreneurial mindset that starts the business turns around to itself destroy the business after a while because you still want to do something the same way you did them when you were starting when and now that it's grown you need structures hr and if you're not familiar with them they become almost like an infringement on your rights as, as the founder what would you say to that okay so first of all albert we need to establish a vision before you start that business and which around here we don't do that first we don't do our due diligence the second is that we don't have a vision where do we want to go a lot of times, you know, we live in a system, and we have to be very honest, mediocre. The standards are very low, okay? So you do something small, and then suddenly people start hyping you and saying, wow, you know, you're out there and you're doing so well. So if you're not careful, you're going to go to sleep, you're going to have this premature sense of arrival, and you're not going to push on. And so you would realize that you will have this little success and think that's, wow, I'm okay. And you will not understand the need for you to incorporate certain principles if you intend to scale. So not that Ghanaians cannot build successful businesses or start businesses. We cannot build sustainable models because often it's not tied to a vision. We don't know where we're going. Okay. And another thing I also realize is that we make money the end. So once they get the money, they go to sleep. But at the hair center, what we have managed to do is that money is the means. So if money is the means, profitability is the means, excellence. We need to pursue excellence to be able to make that money. And that money helps us towards our end. Our end goal is to serve. And our success has leveraged heavily on the fact that we're not focused on making money. We're focused on serving. We're focused on making people happy, women confident. And that's has been the greatest blessing to the brand. To I love the word blessing because people don't often use the word blessing to describe <laughs> their businesses. We'll come to your faith very shortly, but let me rewind back to where I began. I okay. began with the daughter of a very successful entrepreneurial icon, Video City. Everyone knew Video City. 
what, what kind of person was he? Just for the benefit of those who didn't know him. Okay. The, a, a generation may not know Bishop <laughs> but in our days, he, yes. he was huge. What kind of person was he? Okay. Just for our own curiosity. Okay, my dad's full name is Charles Alenjima. He was an entrepreneur. He was somebody who was always curious, okay, to find out the why and the how. So this led him to start videos, you know, where he would travel. And the first time he saw a camera, he was like, wow, this is very interesting. I wish I could take it back home and explore. So you realize that GBC and all those guys, I mean, I grew up with them because they would come to the house and they would film or he would, you know, give out his machines for them to use. He was also one person that was more focused on serving, like I said earlier, because he saw the system of clothing in the country and realized that, wow, you know, in as much as we are progressing, when he, looked at, he, when he looked at how people were dressed, he felt we could do better. So he started um, what we call the Bruni Wewu business. Right. And that's, he was a pioneer in that business. And so I grew up with a lot of Bruni Wewu around me. It was normal really? for me to wear foods, okay. you know, where people shied away from wearing, you know, secondhand clothes. And it was very normal for me. Because that's what, that's what he did that's for That's what he did. And, and right. you know, so many people, he, he brought... Um, the Nigerians who came to Ghana and were seeking for some sort of employment or entrepreneurship, you know, he worked with most of them. And then Ghanaians who came to buy, you know, the goods and then retail them. So not only did he um, make money out of that, he also created opportunities for other people. And that is what I think made him a legend. He was also a giver. And then, of course, Video City which was also one of um, Ghana's video streaming, live, you know, live streaming. It's interesting how the business model has moved significantly away yes. from the two lead products Can that, imagine? that marked his time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fast forward several years to what you are doing. When you were young, did hair ever feature? By the way, you're looking great. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, and your hair must be, of course, hair center. Hair center. What, what, what else would you wear? But, but growing up, selling milk powder and, and trying to find your entrepreneurial roots, yes. foundations, did hair ever feature in your thoughts? You know... The unique thing about me, unlike many other women, is that I did not have hair. I still don't have a lot of hair, you know. So I used to see hair as this special thing. The first thing I ever looked at when I saw any girl was the amount of hair that they had. And I would say, hey, mama, look at their hair. They have so much hair. So my luck made way for my gain. You know, I did not have something that I wanted. And out of that, I was able to create something that today I'm enjoying. So help me to understand this. Yes. You are saying that you naturally did not have a lot of I hair. I don't. I don't. And admired those who had hair. Yes. And that thought yes. led you to create a product for people who do not, who are not blessed with a well, lot no, of yes. natural hair. Yes, people like to, me. To be and able to wear it. To wear it. You know, so hair was, so for me, getting into hair was not about, you know, just any business. It was about a need that I had to fulfill for myself and other women like me who were going through issues. And then, of course, other women who also want to change because we women like to have options. So there are women that have a lot of hair, but they want to, you know, every now and then switch to something different. So we provide that need. But more importantly, the bedrock is to solve a confidence problem for women that are just like me. Let me ask you, uh, Gwen, would you say that when business 
is about meeting a need you can identify with the chances of success are higher absolutely you know i i there was a philosophy i mean my own philosophy i call it the gap and the need philosophy you see as entrepreneurs we're flying drones all the way up and as we fly those drones we identify gaps and when we come to the ground you know we 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 tell somebody that wow do you realize that there are these specific gaps here how is it that is not being filled but in as much as we identify those gaps it's very important that we align those gaps with the need and that's where the problem is so we will identify gaps which in this case are opportunities but the opportunity has to connect with the need other than that it's just going to be something that is going to be admired but you're not going to get the engagements that you need and you see the two things that you try to solve yes are the need for confidence and the need for options yes tell me about options options of hair yes okay so can so a person women. look like can a person look like for instance a, a Greek today <laughs> California person tomorrow Philippine just, just, just help me help me to understand okay. I'm very curious okay. so help me to understand uh-huh. what options means okay. in the world of somebody who does hair extensions okay. walk me through it options so first of all you need to understand the fact the fact is that um, man is insatiable we get one thing we want something else and so this was also a unique opportunity for me so how am i going to leverage on man's insatiable need by providing options because you know intrinsically we all know who we want to become and how we want to be perceived so somebody would um we have different things okay um that we sort of place on the hair so we have the corporate hair which is for somebody who wants to look like this very serious corporate woman this power force so we actually have gone ahead to name some of these um products against what you intend to be perceived as really yes so if you want the power hair we have the power hair if you want the corporate hair we have corporate this is news to me because yeah. for me hair is hair and, and, I, and i have none <laughs> I have, just for full disclosure i have no hair but mm-hmm. but you are saying that just like you wear a shoe yeah. with different colors yeah. with different intentions yeah. high heel low heel flats mm-hmm. you're seeing hair is like a cup you can literally you can put yes, on yes you know you can throw it on because you see it's, it's very simple for us you need to understand the customer the customer is coming to you because they want a need that needs to be fulfilled so instead of you um you know making the customer burn mental calories deciding what should i go in for simplify the customer journey mentally you know they are driven by how you are able to emotionally connect with them so we connect to them emotionally by simplifying you know the way in which they shop and But, it works no let me, it let, works. me let me i uh, recently had an interview with with Janet Sunkomels oh and yes. she mentioned among others mm-hmm. that in different jurisdictions mm-hmm. your work or the the cultural philosophy of the people may require you to look differently yeah. from how you would look in another jurisdiction so for instance in a particular country looking a particular way slim is yeah. is the way to go yeah. in another place looking like a powerful force what you call power yeah. hair yeah. is the way to go so she described a situation where body weight had to be adjusted in a different jurisdiction but you are saying you don't have to go to that extent your hair could do it for you oh your hair i mean no um it, she she's she's right she's correct you know i in this case i like to be specific 
for hair, yes. But if it has to go with, you know, because I don't see the connection between hair and, you know, the way... I'm your, just talking about the hair part, the, yes, the philosophy yes. of hair. You're yes. saying that you can look a particular way in the morning yes. and look a different way in the evening. I, I love, you know... I, you can do that, but I also love consistency personally. Okay. You know, because um, you know, every 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 time that we live our lives, okay, perception is being formed about us. I mean, outsiders are forming their own perception about us, and of course, they are also listening to what we say about ourselves. So you can decide that this morning you're going to wear a straight wig, and then this evening you're going to wear something curly or whatever, but usually I advise that you're a little bit consistent. Just the fact, just because it's not your hair does not mean it has to look like it's a wig, you know. And that's, I think that's our uniqueness. And as much as we sell hair extensions, we sell the hair extension, extensions that you can own and say, this is for me. This is by me. Because if you look at somebody like me, I didn't have hair. So in um, as much as I want to wear hair extensions, I don't want to wear it and, you know, flip over in the evening. I'm wearing this. No, 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 no. I want to stay consistent and make it natural. Let me cross over to a very uncharted area of this conversation. Mm. For somebody of faith, yeah. you believe very much in celebrating who God has made you. Absolutely. Would you, by any stretch of imagination, say changing your hairstyle is a departure from what God gave you? Okay. So, so first of all, I'd like to say this. Um, the success of Hair Center is because God is a part of our business model. Right. He's incorporated there, right. and it works. And as Christians or as children of God, we also need to understand that God is more interested in what is happening within us. What is happening outside of us, we live in a world where we get exposed to so many things. But at the end of the day, if a wig, okay, wearing a wig or wearing, you know, something, that does not affect, because we have to be careful what, um, how do I even say this? Wearing a wig, okay, that will not hurt anyone. I don't see how that will sort of <laughs> shock circuit your blessing from God. Right. Or make you less Christian. Right. I don't see how that. So, 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 you, so you stroll and wear this. Oh, yes. And celebrate. And, and celebrate the goodness of God. You see, because hey. I sell human hair. I don't sell synthetic hair, which is plastic that has, you know. I sell human hair. Where does human hair come from? It comes from God. So we are doing God's work. Really? Yes. The raw material is from God. I have not heard of any company that has been able to manufacture human hair. You cannot do it. The same way that they cannot build humans, they cannot manufacture human hair. So human hair is God's work. And that is why it's successful. This is Springboard of Virtual University. I get to hang out with Gwyneth Jima Ado, the CEO of Hair Center. Started her business in her car boot in 2009. And today, several years later, has built a brand that has crossed over into Africa and is a leader in this market in human hair extensions. Just trying to understand how the little girl in the in the iconic entrepreneur's house journeyed into a bank and then came out and started her own business and built what has become today a very visible brand. Gwen, let's just let's just go back again to entrepreneurial foundation. So let me explore the part where you walked away from the bank. Was it difficult? 
It was difficult. Why? I think um, because of the relationships that I had built. It was difficult because you, I had fear of the unknown. What is going to happen when I go out there? But then I had what Pastor mentioned today, and it was very interesting. I had the strength and the courage within that even though I don't know what is out there, I am convinced that I am going to make it work. I remember when I started, you know, those emotions and that fear materialized because here I was and nobody was entering the store. I'd gone to, first I started selling from the trunk of my car from 2008 up until 2012. So whilst at the bank, I was still selling. You know, I would go downstairs, break time, and then show them the stuff. And then on weekends, my mom would also go around because I'm tired and go around to salons. So in 2012, by God's grace, when we were able to get our own shop, I thought that was it. But that was untrue. It was a fallacy. Because a lot of times people think, yes, I have that store then that's it. It's not. If you have that store, people must need the product. If they don't need the products, they're not going to come. So nobody was entering and I started getting frustrated. People would come and say, it will not work. You know, and here I was from a background of creativity. And so my branding was very strong. I was focused on paper bags. People would come, what was the need for a paper bag? And I said, well, the need for it is that it's part of our visibility strategy. People are going to see this paper bag on the floor and say, what is that? So even if you look at our billboards today, you would realize we will just place the hair center, just that, because we want to imprint that brand name on your mind. So when you think hair, you think hair center. Were these all influenced by your banking experience? Um, customer service by my banking experience, it was mostly influenced by my brothers. You know, um, George was one person that, he's my coach now, my brother, my coach. And he's the one that ensured I never went to sleep. And then OG was the brand creator and always protecting it and making sure. And he was the one that actually ensured I trademarked it because he said, no, you have to protect this. OG Gerald. OG Gerald. Just, yes. just for, for full disclosure, <laughs> Gerald has been a big part of our springboard journey. Was yeah. very instrumental wow. at the beginning, supporting us with our creatives. Gerald has wow. been a big part of the story. He's, wow. a, he's a big alumnus. <laughs> I of this. didn't know that. He's, he's huge. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I'm so when I came happy. over to your, your conference the last time, you realized I hung out to him quite wow. a bit. Gerald oh. is, is, is huge here. I'm very happy. And to he had springboard. We never forget anyone who sowed a seed at any time in our wow. journey. Lifetime relationships we never wow. ever forget. And wow. Gerald is a huge part Thank you so much. of our journey. Thank you we so much. Truly love him here. Oh I'm sure he'll be very happy to hear yeah, this. Yeah, I had Thank to you. mention this today. Thank but, you. Thank you. But so for you, so your brother coaching you, your George, bra- yeah. George coaching you, Gerald branding your stuff. My husband who was Charles. the one that believed in me, despite yeah. all the boyfriends I had before. I sold the idea to them, but nobody, you know, took it seriously. They looked at my outlook and said, this doesn't look like a serious business person. You know, she probably will not. So it didn't work. What was it about what you were saying that didn't make people believe it? You know, when you're young and you're a happy-go-lucky person, especially around here, people tend to conclude and feel, well, you know, this is what you are. They don't give you the chance or even think that there is a chance that you would transform. They don't believe that God can change all of us. And so I think they looked at my current situation and they did not take time to read my mind. 
Whoa. Yes. Was, the, was, the, was, was the older version of Gwyneth a bit wild? Oh, the older, you know, I, I was, I, I was, I was out there. You know, I was, I was wild. I was, I was at the parties. I was everywhere. You know, I was everywhere, and I was just a churchgoer and a believer, but not a doer. You know, that was what I was. So I, I couldn't fault them. But here came a man who knew that this too shall pass. Okay, so this person who believed in the philosophy that this too shall pass was my husband. And that's why I always mention him at the interviews, because he believed that I could do it. And that's why he was willing to also place some money on the table. When you count your blessings, I'm sure you count all these relationships. Oh, I count all these. I count all these because they, they, they were a blessing. You know, they were my wake-up call. If they did not, if they believed in me, I probably would have been mediocre. But just because they did not believe in me, it inspired me to become better. Say this again. If they believed in me, I'd become mediocre. But because they did not believe in me, it inspired me to become better. Oh, they did not believe in what you were doing then? As yeah, they, yeah, they, the yeah, they didn't believe in my success. They didn't oh. believe in my success. And you know, when people don't believe in you... Oh, you mean the, the doubters? Yeah, the doubters. Oh, I, I thought you meant your family, your no, 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 close no, no. relationships. The no. doubters. Okay, the so doubters. the skeptics and the doubters oh, rather yes. inspired you. They inspired me. Oh, Big time. Great. Big time. Do we, do we... Do we... Are we guilty of stereotyping? Do we give up on people too easily? I think we do. I think we do. You know, um, like the old saying goes, never judge a book by its cover. We say that, but we don't mean it. We're always judging books by their covers. And that's why I think it's also been the issue in Africa. Okay? Because we, we, we never give people the chance. We look at people and we think, oh, you know, they can't do it. They can't do it. So let's bring somebody else. You know, and culturally, we've been, you know, raised in a way that we're not able to speak up. So even when people discard us and say we cannot do it, we're not able to stand up and say, hey, don't say that. I can do this. You know, but hopefully the new generation, you know, is changing. The story is changing. Does the Springboard of Virtual University today working through in the engine room with Gwyneth Jima Addo, the CEO of Hair Center, trying to unpack the story of her life. The various chapters are beginning to unfold as we have this conversation. We'll go for a brief break and pay some respects to our sponsors, MTN Pulse, UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group, and of course, the graphic business. Talking of which, on page 18 this Tuesday, you will find this full story in print and online for your continuous consumption, if I may use that word, because these lessons are edible, they are visible, they are memorable. When I come back from this break, I'm going to find out from Gwyneth, the version 2 of Gwyneth, the African journey, the expo that brings people from all across the continent, and how far that little seed in the car boot has grown to become a mighty tree. Please don't go away. Don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social app, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead, feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From Chotro Passenger to Tier Robber Car Owner. 
At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you are free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From tabletop trader to supermarket owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. Welcome back to Springboard of Virtual University and to the engine room where today we literally are dismantling the piston rings and looking into the engine of the engine with Gwyneth Jima Ado, CEO of Hair Center. A story that we are unpacking in a very special way. And that's what I that's, that's what I love the engine room. It just gets to bring out some amazing experiences you won't find anywhere else. And for those who just joined us or those who love notes like me, these are the lessons so far from Gwyneth. The first is about entrepreneurial foundations. Her father Alanjima was a consummate entrepreneur in his time with video steer and guess what? Second hand clothing. He was the boss in those two areas and she grew up trying to find her own space by selling milk powder the second lesson is about standards she says that people often hail you prematurely for a little success and that can prevent you sometimes from aspiring to greater heights and forced to settle if you don't look beyond where you've reached the third one is about vision and due diligence she says it helps to imprint or paint a clear picture of where you're trying to go with your business very early in the day so that you keep pushing and pushing beyond wherever you have reached. The fourth point is about cash. She says money should not be the end. It must be the means. Excellence should be the end. And ultimately, it must be about serving people. The fifth is about celebrating God, God's goodness. That's my favorite. She says God is more interested in your heart than your hair. <laughs> He says, so as a person of faith, she won't wear the hair she wears with pride because it's God's creation. And she says, in fact, at her center, she thinks they are doing the work of God. Very beautiful. The sixth one is about the need philosophy. She says, it's easier to succeed in a business that meets a need that you can identify with. She had no hair or very little hair. She still has very little hair. And so what is today her center is actually meeting a personal need that became also meeting the need of many women out there and the two things they provide one confidence and two options and talking about options she says the fact that there are options doesn't mean you should wear green hair today red hair in the evening and then blue hair in the afternoon one curly one wild she says there must be consistency in your image paint a clear consistent image that's number seven number eight is the fear of the unknown 
walking out of the bank, she was afraid of the potential risks of starting a business from a boot. And she says those fears came to pass because even after she started her own shop, things became difficult, but she navigated here. We will find out what she did beyond the shop. Number nine is very special about relationships. She says everyone needs people who will believe in you, not the old version, but the future that lies within you. She celebrates her brother, Joe, as a coach, Gerald as a brand person, and of course, Charles, her husband, as her biggest cheerleader. Relationships, relationships, and relationships. Gwyneth, let, let, let me move on to your hair center show at the International Conference Center about two years or so ago. I was blessed to be the special guest speaker at that one, and I was amazed at the size and scope of this exhibition with people traveling from different countries to exhibit here in Ghana. What, how many countries were represented and how many exhibitors did you have at the, at the show? Okay, so with the exhibitors, we had a little bit over a hundred. And then we had people from Nigeria, we had people from the UK, the US, Cote d'Ivoire, Kenya, the Gambia, different countries. I so, met and interacted with them when we were yes, to talk. Yes, yes, and this Did was you, our maiden show, by the way. Give me an idea about what you sought to do with that and how you pulled it off. Okay, so it comes back to the end goal. The end goal is to serve people. Now, we realized, my team and I, it was Famous Films and then Hair Center who collaborated to bring Hips Africa. We realized that the industry was not respected. It wasn't honored enough. Now, if you look around, there are so many women, there are so many salons around, there are so many people that say they are getting into beauty, but there's really no respect for it. A lot of times people think, well, beauty. but that has changed. You know, people that are educated, people are doing what they do because they are passionate about it. So Hips Africa was basically supposed to give them a platform to become visible, also to teach them how to do business and and that's why we had those classes that were ongoing to sort of educate them that having the business is not enough. You need to study ways in which you can sustain the business. And the way in which it was structured was so attractive. It was just like any um, show we had been to in the U.S. And that's why people were so confident about coming to Ghana for that show. Do you feel that you are on a mission? Definitely on a mission. What do you want to achieve? Hmm. Excellence. Our country is filled with mediocrity. Too much hype. You do something small, you're hyped. So I think we need shows like these. And we need to really push people to do more. And so even though it's a show where we're doing, you know, sort of exhibiting our stuff, the end goal really is to push the industry to a very high level to be recognized and make our businesses scalable. Would you say that it's another case of a personal need being translated into, this time, not a business, but a show? Because you left your job in the bank to do this. Yeah. And you're saying that you want people to respect what you are doing as an option you've exercised, not something you went into because you had no work to do. Yes. And is it that personal need that has translated into, into the fear that you're doing? The end game is to project African businesses 
We want to make African businesses relevant. We want to inspire them and give them that confidence. My heart has always been to serve people. And so anytime I interact with people, the first thing I ask is, how is business? And that is why, you know, the Leading Center Foundation was saved. We're offering free business strategy sessions just to help people. So really, the bottom line is to serve and to get people to that excellent level where their businesses can actually be sustainable. I'd like to explore your African footprint. Give me an idea about, about your operations outside Ghana. Okay. In whether it's networks you've built or physical presence. Give, give me an idea about scope. Okay. How scalable has this become? How, what's the footprint like in Africa? Okay. So, um, for the business or for Hips Africa? Both. Both. Yeah, okay, yeah, so okay, yes. So for Hair Center, you would realize that, of course, we're based here in Accra, and we have branches in Kumasi, then we have a franchise in Kuforigia. We also have distributors all over um, the continent. We have Kenya, we have Liberia. Now, what these people do is that instead of them collecting hair from, let's say, China, they collect it from the Hair Center because we've been able to build that track record that they can trust. So what they do is they list from us and then they sell it. So instead of us trying to um, have that presence in other countries, which tends to be expensive, what we have done is we've leveraged on a trusted brand, which makes other people comfortable to lift our products and then sell it to other countries. We're also in the U.S., also distributorship um, that's in Virginia and then New York. And then we're also in, we're in the U.K., you know, and help, me to help me to understand, and I'm curious about every single industry that yeah. I, I hung out with in terms of their leadership. Are the needs of women in Ghana similar to the needs of women in, let's say, Kenya, oh, Nigeria, the UK, the US, okay. in terms of hair? Oh, yes, they are. So if you look at the French countries, the French countries love color. Okay. They love, you know, the gold, the reds, and all of that. But if you come here to Ghana, we're a little bit conservative. We don't want to wear red hair. So back in the day when I did not understand my business, I made the business about me. And that was one of the reasons why I failed earlier. I was lifting products that I liked, you see. And that's the problem we, 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 you know, we face in this country where people start businesses and they make it about them. The business is not about you is about the ones that you're serving. So you need to understand what do they need. So businesses that are more interested in the success of their customers are businesses that actually do well. So you're saying that you, you typically would stop the kind of hair that you oh, yes, wear. Oh, yes, I was. I would wear. And, and the business was going nowhere. So I go and I'm like, oh, I don't, wear, I don't like this. I don't buy it. I don't like this. So when they come to me, I try to force them and say, this is what is up. You know, this is what will make you. But people are set in their ways. We all come from different environments. You can't force me to wear red if I don't like red. You know, so we need to adapt. We need to understand the market more. Does it require research? Due diligence, heavy one. But we don't do it. You know, we think it's about money. And I always say if it was about money, every rich person or, you know, in fact, every, any person that is connected to somebody that had money would have a successful business. You know, it's not about money. You need to understand the market. How, we, how important are questions? Questions. Absolutely important. Questions gives you the why. And once you have the why, you're going to know your how. So why do the Francophones wear red hair? Well, they wear red hair because... I've actually not really understood it, but I think culturally there are people that maybe, you know, 
fun loving, bold. Like I said before, I tend to think we are a little bit on the conservative side. You know, so black is safer. You know, a few of us are daring. But if you fill up your store with what you think is out there, you're going to be in trouble, especially as a startup. You know, you need to understand that you need to start small and start wise. Okay, now the wise is relative because sometimes you will get it wrong as a startup. But you don't just wake up and say, because I have this money, I'm going to buy a plethora of, you know, different colors of hair because it's going to work. And then next thing you know, your investment is locked up, which was my story. Tell me about the, the most difficult phase of your business because hmm. I get to talk to people about the bright side of their stories. But I also get to explore sometimes the darkest moments. Those moments where you felt, you know what? Did you ever face a moment where you said, this opening, I'm going back to the bank? Well, I mean, I never wanted to go back to the bank, no. But one like, of the like, things... Like giving up or something? Um, I felt like giving up. Tell me about that one. You know, first when I started, before I even had the store, I'd invested an amount of money into the business. And I selected things that, like I said earlier, I liked, not things that the markets needed or, or even wanted. And so that really had a hit on me because I lost everything. People would not pay me back my money. And, you know, I was chasing people around. And I, I remember my husband's advice. He said to me that, Gwen, if you use... Okay, if, if you start your business by extending credits to people, you're going to use all the time that you should be looking at running your business to chasing people for your money. And at the end of the day, you're not going to get any work done. I ignored that advice and I said, oh, you know, they will pay me. And eventually I lost everything. And people will not come to the store. I felt that once you have a beautiful store, that's it. It's not true. You have to have a product that people need. So people invest in the wrong things. They invest so much in making their stores nice or getting, they say location, location, location. Location, location may work with real estate. Yes. But even that, you need to understand your markets. But absolutely. I mean, um, Gwen, if you set up for, for somebody, let me say that if, if your business is guest contact business yes. and you are looking at, let me give you, let me give you two scenarios. If somebody was setting up to, to cater for market women who walk in to do a certain service, mm -hmm. obviously location would mean setting up close to, let's say, Makola, Kadeshi yeah. market, yeah. where the numbers are. Mm -hmm. If you are aiming at a certain upper class society, you will go towards an East Ligon Trusako, where obviously the demographic that you are looking for resides. If you are looking at students, you want to go a campus location, isn't location important? Okay, so it depends on what you're doing. Are you um, a service business or your product? Okay, is the services or their products? If they are products, the products can be moved. Okay. okay, but a lot of times we sit there and have a product business and then sit down and think that people need to come to us. What we need to understand is that if the market will not come to you, you probably will have to move to the market. Or if the market is such that they want to inspect the product before they buy, yes, well, you can move to them. In my case, right, I started a business, don't forget about me. So I stocked hair that was expensive. 
that aligned with certain, you know, um, type of people that I believe had that pocket size. And that's why I set up my first location in East Legon, thinking that these people would come to me. They did not come. One thing I did not factor is some of these people actually expected you to come to them, even though they were in that same location that she were at. Right. They believed that they were that they were high enough that you should pack up, you know, close up your store and come to their house and show them your ways. I didn't factor all of those things in. Another thing I forgot to mention was, you know, people we need to listen to our customers. They would t- always tell us the truth. Come to the questions. I was not listening. Right. I was. They were telling me we want this. They go and I, I tell my my shop girl. <laughs> These people, they are so interesting. I should go and bring this forward. I mean, I don't like those types of things. And I was making it about me again. So they gave me the clues. So for almost three years, nothing was happening. I was not even breaking even. How bad was it? Oh, it was bad. You're broke? I was broke and, you know, angry. I was angry. And, you know, the, the bankers will call me, go and how is everything? I say, hey, it's going well. But I was suffering. You know, it wasn't easy. You know, because uh, social, and and that's the thing I say about social media. Social media can paint a picture. And so I always say, if you live your life by the measure of what is exposed to you on social media, you're going to be in for some big trouble. Tell me about that. Because social media is going, can sell you a dream. Social media can make everything look like, oh yeah, this is good. This is going on very well. And so somebody will sit out there and say, you know what? I am going to invest in that business or I'm going to start that same business because it looks successful. It may look successful, but is it successful? So we need to go the extra mile and do our due diligence to really find out some of these truths. And that's what we're not willing to do. We just want to take up a picture, draw conclusions, and start businesses and fail tomorrow. Interesting points that you share. Let me come to you a bit more personal. Let's talk about faith. Faith. You've, you've alluded to the fact that you believe you are being the work of God. Oh, you've alluded yes. to the fact that <laughs> you, you, God is more interested in your yes. heart. Yes. Let's talk about you as a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Share your faith with us. Help us to understand what your foundational principles of your faith are. Okay. You know, with, I, I don't know if I've ever spoken to you about our sales before, but when we have a sale, we have the first person come into the store maybe around 10 p.m. the night before. How then the other, understand? yeah. And then they come and sit outside. And then some sleep in their car. Some come at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And these are people that they they see each other and then they number themselves. So sometimes they send you stories that look at us. We are outside your store. Really? Yes. And we have thousands of people come through, come through. And at a point I saw that, listen, I don't understand why the brand is going the way it's going. Because we know what we do. But we know our power does not extend to that level. So we knew that this has to be the grace of God. We wake up in the morning and we know it's not by our strength. It's truly by God's grace that we're able to do what we do because we're not some multinational. Yeah, we are multinational in terms of, you know, this um, reach. But, you know, we're not this... Um, traditional. Yeah, traditional, maybe like an iPhone where you see people see what, but now that's what it's, it's, it's become. So I realized that this must be a ministry. So people started following me personally, okay, because of the success of Hair Center. And then I was, I realized that if people are following me because of the success of Hair Center, 
following you on social media. On social media, because I didn't have a personal page then. So they used to ask me, what is the secret? What is the secret? And I realized that there really was no, no secret. Of course, you have to work hard. But we believed that if you trust in God, all things work out together. Are these principles applicable to anyone who's doing a different business from here? Anyone... Are these principles that you are yes. talking about? Integrity. Trusting God. Okay. Integrity. Tell me about that one. Loyalty, honesty, you know, curiosity. And he, he tells us to become like babies, you know, if, if um, to enter into the kingdom of God. And basically, as business owners, we're not curious enough. We're not humble enough. We don't, we don't, we don't, we lack integrity. And I think the principles that I've learned from the Bible are the same principles that I have applied to my business, and it works. I'm not interested in a quick fix. I'm not interested in taking your money and not delivering. So if you look at the Word of God and you look at doing business and doing business effectively, you realize that you are connected. Really? Yes. You let, me come to, let me come to the times when you mentioned that you were very, very broke and going through difficulty. Mm -hmm. Did you find a day when somebody came through either with a solution, a breakthrough, an order that you, are, you said to yourself, tell us what God sent you, without yes, this yes. particular order, I would have gone down. I mean, yeah. did, did, like an angel sent from God. Yes, I'll tell you what happened. So I traveled to this country one day. And like I said to you before, before I, I, was, I was just a believer. I was not a doer. You know, quite sorry, yes, I go to church, but I never really studied the principles. So I started praying. So I remember I went to my mom. And then in our hotel room, I said, Mom, let, let's pray before we go out. Because this is the second time, or was it third, that I'm going to come to this country and then take my money back. So let's pray that God connects us. So we were in the room and then we prayed and went out there where, you know, we had all these different suppliers. So there was this particular head that I used to get from a Korean company who were based in Chicago. And, you know, it was an old company and they, they, they made hair in a way that I knew was not very common for you to find it in certain areas. So, and I looked at the store, you know, that supplier. There was nothing attractive out of it. There was nothing, even looked like synthetic hair. But there was that particular hair that made me go there. And I said, you know what, let me just go find out. So I went in there, and that was how I met my business partner today, who came into my business, and the business went 360. But what I want people to understand is that, you see, God will lead you to places that are not the obvious places that man will lead you. Man is going to, man is full of perception. Man is moved by what you expose to them. So, I mean, you would see a nice building, a nice supplier with, you know, a fancy building, a car, and say, oh, go there, Gwen, it's going to help you. But God will lead you to places that don't seem like, you know, the ordinary place or the usually attractive places. And that's where your breakthrough is. Interesting. Yes, and everything. My business took a 360. Big time. I'm going to come back to you to wrap up for us, Gwyneth, because surprise, surprise, yeah. we ran out of time. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but for some of you who are listening out there, you are saying, what's this voice that you are hearing? This is the voice of Gwyneth Jimado, the CEO of the Hair Center, a business that has become symptomatic with hair, human hair extensions here in Ghana and across Africa. We've been talking about the genesis, the exodus, the Leviticus, the numbers, and the Deuteronomy of her business, the hair center. And these are the lessons that I've gleaned from this conversation. I've shared them with you earlier on in the midpoint. 
but I'm going to run them by you again, and let's have a big, big conversation on social media. Which of these lessons do you say, that is my story? Let's talk about it, and let's see how we can inspire each other to build global brands, African brands, thriving brands. So Gwyneth says, her foundations were laid by watching her father, who did business, the great Alan, Alan Jima, doing business as Video City and then also as a second-hand clothes dealer. The second one is about standards. She says, people may hail you early in life, but don't let that discourage you. Keep pushing on and don't settle for less than the best. The third is about vision and due diligence. She used that word quite a few times. Due diligence. Craft a picture of where you are going and let that picture guide you along the way. The fourth is about money. It shouldn't be your ultimate. Your ultimate must be excellence and serving people. The fifth is about celebrating God's goodness. She says the hair itself is a gift from God and God is more interested in your heart than your hair. And so for that reason, she sees hair center as doing the work of God. Number six is about the need philosophy. When the business meets your personal need or a need you can identify with, you are more likely to grow it. She says she herself didn't have hair. And so in meeting her own need, she met the needs of others and it became a widely appreciated business, providing one, confidence, and two, options. The seventh one is about consistency. The fact that offices are available doesn't mean you should just put on different colors at different times. Have a clear, consistent image. Number eight is the fear of the unknown. She says, there were times when she said, this business I'm leaving the bank to do, what if you run into difficulty? And she says, those times did come very tough moments along the journey, but somehow she pulled through by the grace of God. Number nine is about relationships. The people God sends your way who believe in your version too in the future and not your wild version today. And she celebrates her brother Joe, her brother Gerald, and her husband Charles as people who believed in her future. The tenth is very interesting. Appreciating customer preferences. You see, the Francophones like the red, the yellow, and the wild colors. Ghanaians like conservative colors. And she says, you must ask questions, listen to your clients, and don't buy or sell what you like. Because she did that and ran into very serious problems. The more you ask your clients, the more you will understand what they want and provide it and thereby grow your business. Ultimately, she's a woman on a mission to make her industry respected, not just across the continent, but across the world. Gwen, it's been a very interesting, instructive hour, talking about something that I don't have myself, and I will typically not talk about hair, but it's been also a very nice learning process for me, finding out more about hair and everything that happens around it. Talk to somebody who's struggling and give them some hope. What I want to tell you is that everything is possible. Okay, if you look at Philippians 4.13, it says that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. I want you to never give up. Okay, before that breakthrough comes, you're going to go through challenges. And those challenges are not meant to break you. They are supposed to shape you. So don't give up, please. And the four things that I want to leave you is something I picked up from Don McGraw Reese. The number one thing is let your word be impeccable. If you're in business, what you say you're going to do, please do it. 
The second thing is that do not assume. Ask questions. We don't like to ask questions. Let's always make sure we don't become, you know, people that are just assuming. Let's ask the right questions and we will know the how and the why. Then the third thing is we must never take things personal. Okay, if you're going through challenges or people are not buying what you're providing, don't take it personal. Use that as an opportunity to do better. And the last one is that do your very best. We live in a country where mediocrity is celebrated. I don't want you to have that in mind. So instead of you thinking about competition, I want you to have the mindset of dominance. And that is how you will succeed. I love you and God bless you. Beautiful four-legged stool on which to end this amazing conversation. Thanks, Gwen, for coming through. Thank you. Thank and you that so has much. been Gwyneth Jima Ado. Everyone calls her Gwen, CEO of Hair Center, sharing her life, philosophy, and everything inside the engine room with us today. So we come your way again next week. A big thank you to MTN Pulse the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic Business for partnering with us on this journey. And I would like to remind you, on Tuesday, just open to page 18 of the Graphic Business, and you'll see Gwyneth smiling at you and telling you this full story in print. And you would also find it at MyJoyOnline and also at Graphic Online. On behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort, my name is Albert Okran, saying God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Turn it on. No, no more searching.